Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the LSU Sports Podcast from the Red Zone Report. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined as always by my co-hosts, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Today, we're going to be going over some uh, some recent recruiting news. There's also been some renovations uh, at the LSU uh, campus uh, regarding the football operations in the Nutritional Center, if you haven't heard. Uh, and then maybe we might get in some other stuff if we have time. Uh, but before we get going, I'm going to ask you folks to go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Follow us at RZRLSU Pod and check out the website at LARedZoneReport.com. Uh, but gentlemen, how are you? Uh, how are you each doing this week? Doing great from the uh, the mobile Red Zone Report studio uh, in Monroe, Louisiana. Yeah, very good. Tom and I are actually podcasting here together, so gotta get that live camaraderie in here. <laughs> Hopefully, some fresh takes for y'all this week. Yeah, I tell you, you guys are covering most of the the state of Louisiana. You you know you had the hurricane issue that you brought to us. Now you're you're covering northern Louisiana for us. Uh, God bless you both. Yep, doing all right. Got some, not a ton of news, but a couple of big ones this week, so I think it'll be good. Yeah, yeah, the biggest, which we should, let's just get into it. Uh, local local son, uh, Jacqueline Roy, has committed or recommitted to the Tigers, I, I should say. Uh, he, he did so Friday afternoon in a little ceremony at his high school, and he had, it was down to LSU, Alabama, and Texas A&M, and I don't know. You couldn't really. You weren't really sure which way you might have gone. Although there's a lot of LSU and Bama stuff in the background, and just kind of one Texas A&M thing in the middle. But he had all three hats out in a big football pinata, and I saw that and I thought, oh, I hope it's inside that pinata, and he and he just busts it open. And in fact, he did, and he pulled out an LSU hat, uh, exciting. You know the staff, the the fans, everything, because uh, you know as you know he he decommitted back in February, so this was a, a huge get to get him again. So uh, you guys agree it's a big get, and do you think it sticks this time? Uh, it's obviously a great a great get. Um, we we need that in the trenches. He's uh, he's a big boy. He's going to be yeah. he's great uh, as a defensive tackle, but. I think the uh, as far as sticking or not, you know, you never know. They, they all these players decommit, recommit, go visit somewhere else, get enamored with another program. Um, so I'm tentatively excited, but once you commit twice, I mean, how many more times can you do it? So yeah, yeah we had him since 2018 until about five months ago when he he dipped out, just reopened his recruiting, like you said, and ended up on LSU, Bama, and A and M. But it's good to lock him back down. He's listed currently as a four-star, the number three defensive tackle in the country. And a lot of people are saying he might be up to a five-star by the end of uh, his senior season, which he fills out this defensive class that we got right now. They're up to nine defensive linemen, which is their, uh, the most signings they would have at the line since 2000. Uh, so got a beefy crew up there. And then that's what you need to succeed in the SEC at least. And then one funny thing, uh, if you watch his commitment video, after he announces that they're chanting LSU at the end, his mom stands up and grabs the Alabama and A&M hats off the table and shucks them out like off screen. <laughs> so, so you can tell that she was pretty excited that he decided to stay home. Uh, so that was a, a nice moment. Kind of reminiscent of uh, Landon Collins' commitment when his mom got mad, visibly angry. Oh, uh, that was wild. Yeah, when he went to Alabama and then she was trying to get him to stay home at LSU and she was just pouting over in the corner. <laughs> 
she yeah, the FBI guy he leans over to her and is like, uh, what's wrong, Miss Collins? And she's like, I just think he should be an LSU. Yeah. And well, we got- she received so much uh blowback from that and I'm like, Why? You know, it's it's her son. She's obviously a fan. Are our parents not allowed to be fans too? I mean it was in the moment. Uh I understand it's all about you know, the, her son's decision. But, come on, parents are emotionally invested in this stuff, too. So I, I think it was just too much reaction to her. Uh, I thought it was funny. You know, the, the mom's, it, it's funny, you know, a, a, a rivalry within the family. Her son's going to Alabama. She's still going to pull for LSU. I, I just think that's a great storyline, you know. Yeah, and then so Jacqueline Roy is good. And I think the the last target we have here is Jacoby and Guillory out of, out of Alexandria, who is, I think, number nine-ish defensive tackle in the country, another four-star. So we can get him in the next few months here. That solidifies just a really strong group there. So I'm excited for that coming up in 2020. And I just don't think – you can't have too many big, talented defensive lines. With, with a wide receiver, you could say, oh, we've got so many wide receivers, how many people are actually going to catch the ball? But uh, bring them on. I mean, keep, keep them coming. That's all I can say. <clears throat> Yeah, and if last season, you know, was any indication, uh, apparently you can never have too many because, you know, down at the bowl game, they had a converted wide receiver play defensive back for them against UCF because either injury or ejection or something. Uh, And the way the Tigers' offensive and defensive line have been hit by injury and attrition, no, you're right, you you can't have too many. Uh, If they got uh, Jacoby and Guillory, that would bring them up to 10, which would be amazing. Uh, but I think it would bring the class up to 23. So I think they might, you know, 10 might be all they need. You know, I don't know if they need 11 or 12 because they still have only two or three more spots to fill in the class. But, uh, you know, class rankings aside, that's that's a great haul for O because he did need to beef up the defensive line yeah, a lot. Yeah, for sure. That, uh, Josh Lemoyne has said uh, since December of last year that the defensive line is really the, uh, the problem spot that needs to be addressed in uh, recruiting. And so Coach O's done a great job with that. I think the second thing they need to address is uh, talented offensive linemen that can play a more spread approach and are not just uh, ground and crown in the uh, trenches. But I, I like uh, all the huge size we're adding to the defensive front. Yeah, I mean, these guys, big beefy boys, you know they got to eat. And uh, speaking of which, LSU got a new place uh, where they, they might have a chance to do a little bit of that. So I think that's another big topic we got this week. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you if you thought maybe this, this new uh, football ops center with the nutritional center attached might have played into his decision. I, I, I don't think so, but, you know, it was, it was interesting timing. But, um, yeah, it's this $28 million facility. Uh, it's going to house both the new football ops building and the nutritional center. And, um, you know, they had talked about putting it in different place on Skip Burtman Drive, even in the bottom of Tiger Stadium, I think. Uh, but they're just going to connect it to the football ops building. Uh, $28 million, It looks nice. I mean, you guys have seen the, the photos or the videos, right? It looks, you know, it looks like a first-class locker room. I mean, that, that thing's like one of the nicest locker rooms I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, I know Oregon – They've got one that they show a lot on TV, and it's you know supposed to be the top of the line. But I think LSU just took the spot. Uh, they took over the throne for best kind of whole package for players. And 
I tend to think that'll benefit us in recruiting and retaining players. You know, if you can get that almost pro level um, facilities, uh, it might make a player who's on the fence want to stay a little bit longer. I, I love it. I love the uh, I love the move by the athletic department, and I love that uh, Tyron Matthew, Patrick Peterson. And a bunch of other former LSU players are real supportive in being there or just voicing their support for the uh, facility because we had all, or there was a lot of blowback from people saying it was a waste of LSU funds. You know, oh, why aren't they building a new library? Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing that? But uh, I'm excited for it. It looks great. And I think I know the players, they're definitely excited for it. Yeah, it looks almost like something out a little bit out of a spaceship, really. They have all these they they're literally called pods lined up for each player. So where it's uh kind of a bench style seat with its own nook that has an iPad attached to the side where you can view video where they were supposed to be studying a film. We'll see, hopefully it's used for that. But then they go full recline to where they can sleep in there. Everybody's got their own little spot. They're all just I mean, I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter. You can follow out LSU football, but yeah, just $28 million private funding. That's the type of support you need from your boosters. That's another important thing. And one to note is that university of Florida, they just unveiled a new locker room for their football team a few weeks ago. And people were hyped about that. But then when LSU came out, it just kind of swept it under the rug. Florida only put about 2 million into this. And you can tell the extra $26 million <laughs> was worth it for LSU here. So yeah, they, $26 million paint or something. No. <laughs> Yeah, they tried to they tried to troll LSU actually, thinking they did it first. But just the two pictures side by side, Florida looks like they spent all that two million dollars on the on the light on the ceiling because the rest of it still looks you know like old school. Like a locker room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. LSU's looks like you know the top of a seven forty seven with the sleep pods. I was gonna and, say uh, it, lo- it looks like a first class jet. Yeah, exactly. And then. Um, like, like Tommy had mentioned about the Tyron Matthew, he made his own private donation to have the, the Matthew Player Lounge. There's a little spot where they can like gather. They got can eat or whatever. They got, I think, game systems, TVs to watch film. They got some big old portrait of Tyron Matthew on the wall. And he was there over the weekend just posing. And then so it's good to see that, especially your your former really big talents and even Tyron Matthew, who had a bit of a, a troubled time at LSU. But just to see that he's still backing the Tigers – and supporting there. And then, so you got all these new players coming in who are just trying to aspire to be like that, like a Heisman finalist. And they say, you look at this guy on the wall, like, wow, I can really live up to that. Or that's what I want to be. So uh, it's just a big, like concerted effort together, which I think is a great move for the program. And and Tyron Matthew, we kind of talked about uh, in our number seven podcast, but Tyron Matthew's really become that, that leader in the NFL. He's he's a stand-up guy. He's really a, you know, overcome overcome the obstacles he had in college, and to see him come back and give back to LSU and kind of mend fences even more, it's really uh, I'm, I'm glad he's an active part of the program now. I agree, and the fact that he, you know, he's he's doing this on his own, and like you said, he had troubles, but it's not like he, you know, just left school early. He was kicked off the team, and yeah. he still has enough. Uh, you know, love for this team and this school and these players that he's going to give money back, even though he, you know, he was pretty much uh, kicked to the curb by, by his former coach. And so, I mean, that just goes to show, you know, his, 
his value as a as a player and as a person. But wouldn't you know it? There's there's always going to be someone that's you know that's hating, and it just so happened to be one of his former teammates, Eric Reed. Uh, you know, there's there's some blowback from you know the students and some teachers on campus, which I was I was actually going to get you guys' feel on, but Eric Reed came out publicly and was. Uh, you know, just questioning this and and the money about it, and you know, they, they really kind of got into it on Twitter. Well, yeah, well, it's just silly. It, it, people who are complaining about this, I know Bob Mann is a pretty uh, high profile professor at LSU. I've met him before. He uh, he said some of the similar. You know, he said something of the effect of, "Meanwhile, across campus, I vacuumed my own office with a vacuum cleaner I bought from Walmart." And the, the thing they don't get is this is full, pu- fully private funded, like Daniel said. It's all raised through the Tiger Athletic F- Foundation, which has nothing to do with LSU. It's on, ca- it's on the campus, but it's nothing to do with the you know, state-run state university LSU. It's a fully independent uh, private foundation. And so the, it, it's not their money to, to decide on. And if they raise the money and increase and want to increase the football program's locker room or whatever, that's their prerogative. So for Eric Reed to say, oh, they need to spend it on this, or for Bob Mann to say, why can't I have a better facility for my teaching, it's just it's not your place. Yeah, so to go back to the, the big talking point, which we kind of understated a little bit, is that a lot of people were saying just that this $28 million – would have been better spent in different places for LSU, such as uh, rebuilding the library, which is yep. a little bit in disrepair, or just providing better educational facilities across campus, when instead they devoted it to a locker room for the football team, which, I mean, people love it, but maybe not everybody at LSU loves. And then, like Tommy said, that's just kind of missing the point, which is that these donors appropriated specifically for the locker room to the TAF, so that's the $28 million that they said, use it for this. It reminds me of the situation when they got the, the lazy river at the UREC, the LSU Recreation Center, a couple of years ago, when the money was donated specifically for that purpose. And so people were kind of up in arms about that, saying, oh, we need this for that and this. But it wasn't the university itself just raising the money. And if they had done that, then they can put it to whatever they see fit. But this is something completely separate. And, and, and it's, even, it's even more uh, separate because the Lazy River was appropriated by LSU, uh, and the money was raised by LSU. With this locker room, it was raised by the TAF, Tiger Athletic Foundation, which is solely an independent organization, and their entire goal is to raise money for scholarships and enhancements to the athletic program. So it's make, the, the TAF is not going to make a donation to LSU for – you know, academics or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's not their thing. Yeah, and I agree. There's definitely some things that do need work around LSU's campus, which for sure they could use the money for. Uh, I'm not not putting that point down, but it's just a little bit missing the mark there. So, if, I mean, if every aspect of campus life could be improved, I'm all for it. But they just have to well, kind of g- yeah get, get the donors. Raise a, they're trying to raise a billion dollars. Oh yeah, for, exactly, exactly. For specifically for like academics, student life, that kind of stuff. So, uh, twenty-six million for a locker room is a drop in the bucket when you're talking about a billion. And then I don't know, Scott, did you see what 
Joe Burrows said to that professor? Oh, no, I didn't. What did he say? Oh. So he quotes the tweet, and he goes, Why, professor, do you, uh, do you feel entitled to, the, the, to our success or something like that? It was hilarious. <laughs> now, uh, he did have to take the tweet down. So, oh. okay. And there's another, another aspect of the argument, which is that the LSU football program brings in more money far more money than anything else on campus. And then that money gets redirected to every just part of LSU. And then they're raking in the millions, multi-millions from their TV deals, everything else in the year. When, I mean, there's great accomplishments going on around in the different departments and whatnot, but that's not necessarily bringing the same monetary value as this football program. So they deserve at least some influx of cash to bolster that. Well, LSU's one of, I think it's 11 football programs. They're uh, fully self-sustainable. And or, or actually make they, a profit. And they actually, yeah. And to go even further, LSU football actually subsidizes the entire athletic program. So let's let them have a locker room. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think it's uh, LSU baseball, football, and basketball. Those three, um, not so much basketball, but baseball definitely supports the rest of the program. And I think, you know, a lot of these people's issues, it's just the sheer optics of it because they are broke college students or they are professors that, you know, he, he, he's, he might be the best in his field, but he's only ever going to make so much. Meanwhile, this, this football coach that, you know, he probably couldn't even stand 10 minutes with is making millions of dollars and his program just got this. But that's the difference between a state-run school and private investors. Yeah, private cool. investors can move a lot quicker and get stuff done. And they are separate, and people need to know that. And they also need to know that this athletic fund actually gives money back to the school yep. for uh, academic purposes. And, and that is never mentioned. Yeah, they exactly. Fund all, they fund all the uh, athletic scholarships that, that LSU puts out. Yeah, I just yeah. pulled up the numbers, and LSU's tied for seventh in college football's most valuable teams with $112 million annual revenue and a profit of uh, $56 million a year. So that's $56 million going back to the students just from running this football team. So, I mean, you renovate your lo- locker room, that'll bolster and boost that money for the next, whatever, 20 years until they renovate it again, and there you go. So all I can say is don't bite the hand that feeds Bob, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you tell him. Uh, and also, I don't know, there could be another uh, topic of discussion on this on, well, um, you know, we're not paying the players, but they have this. And then, you know, some, some guys were chiming in across the, uh, the sports world saying, all right, well, you can give them this locker room, but you can't pay them, right? And my thought was, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it because <laughs> – yeah. We're, we're giving them a scholarship, and now we're just going to renovate their their, fee, or their uh, facilities because that's what's going to lure better players to come and keep the program in a successful period. So, yes, we, that's what we're going to give them instead of paying them because paying is not an option. So, yes, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> wow, it's oh. amazing. Um, but uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but it's the, uh, the nutritional center was attached to part of the football ops, uh, which is actually going to be for all LSU athletes, not just the football players. Um, and they actually brought in a guy. He was originally from Baton Rouge, but then he got hired by the Seattle Seahawks. And he moved there. His family uh, didn't work out. His family moved back because they like Baton Rouge. And uh, I guess this opportunity came up at the right time. And so now the, uh, the whole uh, nutrition center is working with a, 
a professional chef who we got from the Seahawks, but I guess he was originally from the area. Um, so that was, I thought that was a nice little tidbit. And I don't know if you guys saw this and kind of missed in all the news about the football ops and the nutritional center. Uh, LSU actually got a walkthrough facility, uh, which Dave Aranda had pushed for because he had seen it at a lot of the professional uh, camps or uh, operations centers. So it's it's an actual football field. I think the turf is purple, but it's the actual width of a football field. It's just only about like 10 or 15 yards deep, but they have a big wall with four projectors to show an offense just so that they can kind of read formations and, and pick up uh, options and, and different things like that. Did you guys see that? I actually didn't see that. That's a cool oh, idea. Yeah. I've never seen that before. But, yeah, uh, it's, yeah, I'm glad they did that. Yeah, check it out because it's, uh, I, I think this is you know where Dave Aranda's genius can come in. and He's like, hey, it's working for the pros. He's been visiting a lot of pro, pro camps this offseason. Uh, and so that's where he got this idea before. And it's, I, I think it's great. I don't know if it was just for him. But, I mean, obviously it's just for the football team. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's the width of a football field, about 15 yards deep, and it's just to recognize formations, which I think is great. And you um, definitely use that for offense, too. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Uh, it's definitely like a – it seems like a defensive-minded, you know, addition. But mm-hmm. I could see applications for offense, defense. So totally. Definitely. And um, another, another aspect – uh, you know, you could say, why did you know? Did they need this? Yes, uh, it's not just for recruiting purposes, though. Um, uh, there's a there's a one of the guys involved with the nutritional center. Um, his name's escaping me now, but uh, he was saying that the pods and the nutritional center and having that all in the same place is really going to help the players because it's going to give them more time to rest. It's going to give them more time for recovery, you know, access to the medical facilities there also, uh, but also more time, you know, to be accessible to, with coaches because uh, everything's going to be right there. They don't have to go back and forth. And the, uh, the pods in the sleeping locker, uh, they said that that was kind of spawned from when they went to Wisconsin a few years ago. Uh, just something about, you know, the traveling back and forth and, the players just not really having a, a place to lay down and take a nap if they needed one, which, you know, if you're on the go and you got a hectic schedule and you got to move around as a team, you know, it's probably hard to catch a nap sometimes. So I think that's great. If that helps them stay rested, then yeah. Let's, let's yeah. Um, everywhere. And what's interesting. So where the nutrition center used to be, I believe is that the, uh, the cost, the cost auditorium on campus and like a lot of students, I've had classes that a lot of students had classes there during, you know, time at LSU. And so you'll see players walking in and out, no grab food. You'll see them carrying like a muscle milk or whatever kind of the, uh, you know, little snacks. And I've always, I always wondered, wow, that's kind of far away from where, you know, where everything else is. So you're right. It is good that it's all in one place. They can go to the locker room and then head right down get the food, get dinner, whatever, and then go back up. Um, so it's not as all spread out. And I believe uh, where the – if you would have had a crowd cross Nicholson to get from the old place to the, like, football facility, and that's a 
big road that you don't really want to cross all the time. <laughs> so it's uh, it's a really road Baton Rouge. So if you know Nicholson, you don't want to cross Nicholson every every you know couple hours. So I'm glad it's all in one place. Right, mm-hmm. and then one one final comment on the the new locker room stuff is that it's already kind of proving pretty good for recruiting Zach Evans, number one running back in the country who we've talked about multiple times after LSU posted, he tweeted out uh, quoting quote, tweeting that with uh, three heart eye emojis. So he's obviously in love already. Hopefully that'll bring him home. He actually also announced that he will be uh, officially visiting LSU for the LSU Auburn game. So we really need them to turn in a good performance there and hopefully get him solidified. And, Although he did show up at a Texas A&M pool party. Unannounced. Uh, yeah, unannounced that they were having. So people are saying he's kind of waffling between LSU and Texas A&M at this point. And then he went to Georgia, right, this weekend. Oh, yeah, and he had also had an official visit to Georgia. So there's still a lot of teams in the mix for him. But hopefully that uh, the locker room and maybe uh, another win versus Auburn at home, just in the Death Valley experience, will, will sway him this way. Well, you know, Daniel, and I don't know, Scott, I know you played. Scott, have you ever played the old uh, NCAA video game? Oh, yes. So this reminds me of a pivotal moment you'll have in your dynasty pretty much every season where your top recruit will, will schedule his official, like his official visit, and it'll like add a huge boost to your uh, – if you win the game. You have to win the game because your recruit's watching. So I think that uh, you just got that plus 500, 500 op- opportunity uh, – for Auburn week in regards to Zach Evans. I know. And if, if I see him that weekend on the Auburn game, I'll ask him to come on the podcast. Hopefully he'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, you, you say that, but uh, you, you really could, you know, you just get in his ear. Hey, I'm, uh, I'm Daniel Zollinger with, uh, with talking tigers, uh, the LSU sports podcast, the red zone report. Uh, what do you think about blah, 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 blah. He, you know, they, they like it. Yeah. Like a little, uh, hold up the microphone to him, like they do yeah. uh, walking around Capitol Hill. Yeah, we'll get you a little microphone flag you can put on the microphone to look official. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so <laughs> Zach Evans, come to LSU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you can... Then you could be a regular guest on the podcast. Yeah, you could tell him that. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know, has there been any uh, any... I guess he, he saw the facility. He liked it. But um, uh, was he the uh, the only big guy we had on campus this, this weekend? Well, he didn't come to campus. He was, he was just talking about it on social media. Oh, yeah, I thought he, he was supposed to be a campus. In Georgia. Uh, not yeah, that I know of. He's coming, though. Oh, okay. I thought he was there this weekend. Zach Evans? Yeah, I thought he was uh, supposed to be there this weekend. Oh, well. It would be interesting to see how many – players they could probably uh, attribute to this locker room because it does kind of put them at the forefront, at least at that level. But like you said a few weeks ago, uh, nothing's a better recruiter than just seeing all those rings on the table, which yeah, yeah. O does not have yet, but hey, we'll, we'll find out in the next year or two if that's, uh, that's going to be a possibility. I, it's um, definitely a possibility. I think that uh, we'll find out if, if it uh, comes to fruition. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but I mean, uh, as always, LSU seems to have the talent there. There's a, a few Tigers actually got 
Uh, named to some more watch lists this week, LSU punter Zach von Rosenberg named to the Ray Guy Award for the best punter. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire named to Paul Horning watch list for the nation's most versatile player. Long snapper Blake Ferguson named to the Warfel Trophy watch list for the top community servant. And uh, there was one guy, I forget his name, he was also named to the Walter Camp Player of the Year watch list. Oh, that's right, Grant Elbert. Uh He was nominated to that as a candidate. Yeah, it just so shows we got assets at every position, so hopefully we can right. take those awards home. I know, I know. Uh, I I think, um, I don't know, I'm really excited to see Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I think he's going to be Darren Sproles, and I, I think he'll win that award. I just want to see them. I, I, I want to see some more highlights. I'm ready to see John Emmer. That's, uh, I think he's the, I think he's going to be a breakout star. You think he'll break out this year? Yeah, I do. I, I think he'll get meaningful touches. And, you know, we'll get to see that speed, that versatility, and that lateral quickness. Yeah. Uh, well, I remember Leonard Fournette's first year. It wasn't quite breakout. Um, not necessarily because he was buried on the depth chart. It was just, you know, how he was running in high school wasn't, you know, it wasn't a direct translation to college. He just wanted to run through people. Um, so, so they, you know, it took him his second year before he, he finally got uh, into full momentum. Uh, but John Emery seemed like more of a cutter to me yeah. than just trying to run through he's people. A, he's a slasher type back, yeah. and I think that translates, you know, right on uh, kind of plug and play into the college ranks. Yeah. Uh, I think he's definitely a a breakout candidate freshman season. I think Edwards Hilaire will be the, this will be finally his year to break out. I don't think he's going to be the bell cow running back, but you know, just that, that Darren Sproles type versatile player. Daniel, you got any, uh, any ideas on a breakout player? Uh, A breakout player off the top of my head. There's a few people. I think uh, Terrace Marshall has the opportunity to make a big impact if the passing game comes in how we expect it to. He was a former five-star recruit, so obviously he's got the talent. And then so if he can find his spot alongside uh, Justin Jefferson in the receiving core, I think he can make some big down-the-field plays. But other than that, I mean, anybody on both sides of the ball can, can make a move. It's hard to say at this point. Yeah. Um well, we'll see. I think they're going to start fall camp in about what is another week or two. Uh, so we'll, hopefully, we'll be getting some some reports and some news out of that to see uh, to see who's who's ready to ready to roll come August thirty first. So yeah, it was a good week for for LSU. Not without its controversy, of course, uh, but a good week recruiting wise and uh, further recruiting wise with this new uh, nutritionist dinner and. Uh, football ops building uh, guys any, any last thoughts going into next week right before fall camp Anything one, to one final so uh, I cannot confirm but I am about 95% sure that Greg Delpit lives in my apartment complex I saw oh, really? a, uh, <laughs> a guy who looked very 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 similar to uh, I will continue to investigate and uh, maybe get a quote from Grant for the pod, but uh, if that was you, Grant, and you're a listener, uh, I saw you heading to the hot tub, and I hope you had a good uh, a good trip to the amenities of my apartment complex. Very nice, Daniel. Any last words? Uh, not too much. Hopefully, I can see some celebrities in the wild like that. But uh, 
any LSU players welcome to come on the podcast, chat with us, give us a season preview. We're down for it. I think we can go ahead and call Grant Delpit a uh, friend of the pod, Grant Delpit. So. Yeah, why not? I mean, people claim much more ludicrous things, so we'll just go ahead and claim him as a, uh, our, our fill-in podcaster also. Um, so yeah, I don't he know. Might, maybe, he might be a, a preseason All-American starter safety, but he's still a backup for the uh, – for our podcast. So yeah. Keep working at it, Grant. Yeah, yeah. He'll get in there. He's just got to wait his wait for his turn. He's got a red shirt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of us could not be here one week, but uh, he's got to be ready to step in. He's got to be ready to step in and perform. Uh, but uh, we'll, that'll be up it for our performance this week. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, be sure to follow each of us at ScottGerard1 and at TimeyJohnsonLA and at DFZollinger. You could also consider making a donation from the supporters tab at LARedZoneReport.com. The more you support us, the more content we can bring you. Uh, That'll be it for us, folks. Check us out next time on the LSU Sports Podcast.